This is Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. So the unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Let's jump right in. Okay, today in this teaching, I am going to give you three ways to overcome sin. If you're caught in a cycle of sin, if you've done deliverance, had demons cast out of you, if you have accountability partners, if you're confessing your sin to leaders and you're like, Pastor Mike, I just can't stop this cycle of sin. Overcome as Jesus overcame. I'm going to read a scripture that's not quoted in enough churches and enough pastors are not preaching this scripture, but I want you to hear this scripture right now. Okay. It says this in Revelation chapter three, verse 21. If you're a note take or take notes. Revelation chapter three, verse 21, it says, and Jesus is talking right now. This is red letters. Okay. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Okay. Let's just dissect Revelation chapter three, verse 21, because it's when you know the word, come on, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Revelation chapter three, verse 21 is Jesus talking and says to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me and on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. These words are so incredible. Why? Why? They're almost like hard to grasp for those of you who are condemned you are feeling bad. You're feeling like, oh, Pastor Mike, I keep sinning. Who am I to even show my face in the church? Who am I to, who am I to preach? Who am I to sing, lead worship? Who am I to, to even tell people I'm a Christian? I want to just tell you, these words of Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 are amazing, okay? It's Jesus saying that you can overcome sin as he overcame sin. That means that there must be a, more to it than just forgiveness, I need you to understand that there must be more to this than just forgiveness. If Jesus said, I overcame so you can overcome as well. And this needs to be talked about so much. Maybe even in the comments right now, you feel like you need to drop a comment and confess your sins. The Bible says, confess one to another your sins so that you will be healed. There's a healing that happens with transparency. There's a healing that happens with being open and being honest with your personal sin that you're struggling with. But the thing that I need you to understand is it goes deeper than confession. So even as you're commenting in the comments right now, your own sin, the thing that you're trying to overcome, there's a healing that happens with confession, but healing is not the last step. There's overcoming. And he says this to him who overcomes, I will grant to you, uh, to sit with me. This is crazy to sit on my throne. And, and also as I have overcome and sat down with my father who is also on the throne. So Jesus, the great rabbi, See, when you got to understand, rabbi said, come and take my yoke, take my interpretation of scriptures and the law, and you will do what I do. So Jesus was the great rabbi. So what happens is we will do what Jesus did. So if he overcame sin, he's saying, now come sit on this throne, overcome sin with me. That's why this weak brand of Christianity that says, well, no perfect people allowed this fluffy, you know, let's make people feel good about their sin. Christianity is killing so many people. It's killing their purpose. It's killing, the, it's carrying their, it's killing their destiny. 
because we tell people, you know, like it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah. I mean, the holiness of God is starting to come back into vogue. The holiness of God is starting to be, it's starting to be cool again. For a while, it was cool to, to, to be honest about your sin, but never conquer it. I, I'm telling you right now, there's this new brand of Christianity that's emerging and it's, it's not anything new. It's something old. It's saying, look, no, Jesus standard is perfection. Jesus standard is holiness, but we overcome as Jesus overcame because he overcame. So you got to start with this. Number one, you are never going to overcome sin. Jesus already overcame it, but he invites you into overcoming so I got to go on to number two, okay? Number two, I want you to write this down in your notes. This is the second way that you overcome sin is not my will, but your will be done. Guys, I've got to preach you into the next level. And oftentimes that means offending you into the next level. I'm going to say some things that hurt you all the way into the next level. But you have to say, not my will, but yours be done. Let's be real, guys. When Jesus came into the world, he declared this, Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. When Jesus came, into the, uh, came into the world, this is what he said. God, you have given me a body and I have come to do your will with my body. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse five through seven. And then you see this similarly when Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Here's the thing straight up. You I'm going to tell you this in the rawest way I could say it. And I never had a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, an apostle or a teacher have the guts or the courage to tell it to me the way I'm about to tell it to you right now. So I want you to look me in my eyes. You are never going to want to stop sinning. You are never going to want to stop sinning. I, I, whatever your sin is, you're never going to want to stop smoking. You're never going to want to stop drinking. You're never going to stop cheating. You're never going to stop uh, going back to pornography. There's never going to be this time that you say, wow, this is crazy. I just don't even want to do it anymore. You might get over and past certain sins as you graduate from glory to glory, but there's never going to be a moment where you're just like, wow, this is crazy. I woke up today and don't ever feel tempted to hold unforgiveness in my heart. I, 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 it's crazy, man. I just woke up and I feel like I can forgive everybody all the time. That's never going to happen. And nobody loved me enough to tell me straight up. You're still, here's the thing. I'm a man who's attracted to women. There's never going to come a day where that attraction dies. I love my wife. I, I have remained, uh, I have remained in a covenantial relationship with my wife, but that doesn't mean as soon as I say my wedding vows, I just stopped being attracted to every other woman that ever lived. That's not the way it works. And so I have to choose his will, not my will, because there's never going to come a moment where I'm like, this is crazy. I said these wedding vows to Julie and I stopped being attracted to 4 billion other women. That's never going to happen. Y'all, let me just tell you this. I am under more stress than I've ever been in my life but I, I am sinning the least amount I've ever sinned in my life. And I'm telling you, it's because I said, it's your will, not my will. There's trigger points and you get to this point of temptation and you're like, oh snaps, nobody understands me. Life is too hard. This is crazy. I'm just going to go drink. 
That's a trigger point for that temptation. Oh, I'm tired. If some of you, I'm tired of being single and I'd rather have a one night stand so I can feel five minutes of physical intimacy because I can't stand five years of loneliness. There's this compromise because you reach a trigger point. You've got to get to the point where you stop letting the devil play you like that. (laughs) Jesus said, not my will, but yours. That was Jesus saying, okay, listen, this is Jesus saying, I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. You think you're better than Jesus? Like, listen, Jesus was tempted in every way, but never sinned. That means Jesus wanted to sleep with people. Jesus wanted to get drunk. I'm not trying to be sacrilegious or heretical right now. I'm just trying to say, of course, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He had flesh. So Jesus was like, my flesh is just like your flesh. He was born of a virgin Mary. So I'm preaching you silly right now to the next level because I need you to understand you're never going to not want to get drunk, y'all. You're never going to want not want to smoke weed, y'all. You're never going to not want to do it. Do you hear me? It's not the absence. This is the way I want you to understand it, okay? It's not the absence of pressure. <clears throat> it's the absence of pride. Ah! Write that down. It's not the absence of pressure. It's the absence of pride that's going to cause you to break through this sin. Sin is fun. And you feel like you'd earned it. You have a little sin vacation. Oh, I was good for a long time. I'm just going to do a little bit of sin right now. You don't earn sin vacations. The consequence of a sin vacation is eternity in hell. Come on, somebody quote me on Instagram and Twitter today. The consequence of a sin vacation is eternity in hell. That's how long that sin vacation will last. But you need to understand, okay, that you have got to get to the point where you suffer well. If you want to overcome sin, you got to get better at suffering than you are at sinning. (laughs) Ah, Should I just get up? Should I just start running? (laughs) This is when you start praise dancing. You've got to get better at suffering than you are at sin. I'm just preaching to myself. Nobody told me this because I was raised up by pastors that sinned so much that they never called out my sin because they were afraid that their sin was going to get called out. And so we got to, we listen, you're not going to hear this. This is why you're not going to hear this on the most popular YouTube, YouTube channels, you know, of preachers and, you know, because they got stuff in their life and they're afraid that if they start exposing other people's stuff, their stuff will get exposed. So get better. Here's the thing. Get better at suffering than you are at sinning. All right. So here's the thing. I got to a point where I was like, I want my family more than another drink because I struggled with alcoholism. So what I, what I mean is like, I got good at suffering. Like when I want to do something, I don't do it. And I got good at that. That's what I mean. So it's like, I'm giving up something good for something greater. That's how I'm conquering sin. The blood of Jesus has conquered it, but I become a conqueror. When I say I am going to give up something good for something greater. 
And that's what it comes down to, y'all. You can't have it all. Some of you think that you have a million dollars in the bank and be an alcoholic. Some of you think you can have a successful business and, come on, and have all these vices. You can't have it all. You can have your addictions or you can have your next level. Which one do you want? This, y'all, this is, ah, I'm preaching to somebody. (laughs) You can have your addictions or you can have your next level. What do you want? You can have your sin or you can have your next level. Which one do you want, y'all? You can't have both. And I, I tried it. The Bible says that you can only have one master. You can, you'll end up hating the other one. I feel the fire of God all over this. I love preaching about sin. (laughs) <laughs> because some of you think you can have both, but the reality is you're, it's like both are destroyed. You can't, it doesn't work that way. Number three, <laughs> number three, humble yourself. You can write this down, humble yourself. That's how you conquer sin. There is pride that's connected to sin. And it's because you think that you deserve it. You think you're special. Because your teachers told you you were special. Your mom said you were special. Come on. Everybody told you you were so special that you think that you're exempt somehow. Like somehow everybody else is going to go to hell for the sin that you're doing, but you're not. Because you're special. Let me just help you. Let me just help you. This is what happens, right? People end up getting into this mindset of the rules don't apply for them because we live in a society where they don't. Like we literally live in a society where everything is customizable, right? You go to make a burrito, your burrito's not like everybody else's burrito. Your burrito's special, your burrito's different. Although, you know what I'm trying to say? Everything's customizable nowadays. It used to be like everybody gets the same thing. 50, 60, 70 years ago, everybody gets the same thing. Now everybody gets something custom. It's custom clothes, custom food, custom house. You customize your profiles. You customize, everything's custom. So what happens is there's this pride that's just like, well, I'm special. I'm exempt. I'm different. And so you think everybody else is going to go to sin, go to hell for the same sin you're committing, but you're not going to go to hell for it. And you've got to understand this is the thing that's destroying you, your pride. And pride comes in so many different forms, y'all. I love this comment. Somebody says it's, it's main character syndrome. Everybody thinks of the main character. Listen, Jesus is the main character. And, and that's, that's, there's this pride. So let me just read this to you, okay? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. That's Philippians chapter two, verse five through eight. I feel the fire of God all over this right now. Write that down in your notes for the note takers, for the good students. (laughs) Philippians chapter two, verse five through eight literally says, watch this. Let this mind be in you. Yes, you, you listening to me right now. I'm just speaking the scriptures over you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who now this is, this is how you get the mind of Christ was found in appearance as a man. And he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. <laughs> this is, everybody thinks that this is just like you say the sinner's prayer And now all of a sudden you're never going to sin again. You're never going to struggle again. No, like, listen, 
sin, the sinner, listen, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Romans chapter 10, verse nine. That's where people get it from. That's the first step, not the last. And so confessing your sin, accepting Christ as your savior, that's the first step, not the last. That's a baby step, right? And when you watch babies, when they walk, how do they walk? They take a couple steps and they fall. They, then they get back up. They take a couple steps and then they fall. They take a couple steps and they fall. And then sooner or later, as you grow physically in, in your biological maturity, you stop falling. Most of you can get up and you can walk miles without falling. That's what it's like. You say the sinner's prayer. It's like, oh, he's walking by the grace of God. He's walking but you're going to fall down. You've got to get back up again. You got to get back up. And you, and this is what happens in Philippians chapter two, verse five through eight says, you actually get the mind of Christ when you are obedient like Christ and you humble yourself like Christ. That's how you get the mind of Christ. Jesus was in heaven in the form of God and equal with God, but he voluntarily came down to be like you and me. You would have thought that this was the ultimate act of humility, but he went even lower and died on the cross. Jesus, in order to overcome sin, had to humble himself. Now, I talked about how humility comes in many different forms, or pride comes in many different forms, rather. Sometimes people think that being sad is the same as being humble. Sometimes people think being insecure is the same as being humble. Sometimes people think this, that being depressed and condemned is the same as being humble. That's not the same. Matter of fact, I've seen the spirit of pride put a mask on and that mask is actually called insecurity, but behind it is pride. I've seen the, the demon of pride put a mask on called condemnation and shield with another demon called condemnation, but behind it's pride. And that's what I'm saying is like, you don't, the, the pride is you're saying, I don't have to submit to God's ways. I can do my ways and he'll just keep blessing me. I can, I can deal with stress my way. I can smoke another joint. I can smoke another cigarette. I can drink another beer. I can sleep with another person. I can deal with loneliness my way, not his way. That's what we say. Not my will, but his way is what you're saying is I can solve this problem my way and not your way but I want you to bless me my way. I want you to help me my way. Come on, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. What, that's why it says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. <laughs> you gotta stay humble. We're getting ready to jump back into this teaching, but I wanted to pause and give you an opportunity to connect with me. Go to MikeSignorelli.com, tell me your story, submit your prayer request, and as always, consider becoming a financial partner. It's because of the financial gifts of many people just like you that you're actually hearing this message now. So help me reach many more people and tell me your story at MikeSignorelli.com. Okay, let's jump back in. The way that you get free is you literally stay humble. I'm going to give you the three. I'm going to review them. Number one, overcome as Jesus overcame. That's how we started this journey. It's more than just forgiveness of sin. It's obedience that leads to overcoming. Come on. I said that fast. So let me just rewind and then just like say it a little bit slower. It's not just the forgiveness of your sin. It's your obedience that leads to overcoming. Whoa. 
This has been Wisdom Bricks on Wisdom Bricks. You've got to drop a comment and let me know how this is helping you. Number two, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, you're never going to want to not sin. (laughs) Paul said, I've got this thorn in my side, this messenger of Satan. It won't leave me alone. It's like this crazy thing where I do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do what I do want to do. It's like, come on, man, not my will be done, but yours. If Jesus had to pray that prayer and you want to become like Jesus, get used to praying that prayer. Hey, listen, listen, if it was up to me, uh, anything would go, but to the, but see, man makes a whole bunch of plans, but at the end of them is destruction. So not my will, but your will be done. And that's Hebrews chapter 10, verse five through seven, who says, God, you have given me a body and I have come to do your will. So think about it like that. Listen, it's, it's just, man, this is so deep. Number three, humble yourself. Let this mind be in you, which is in the mind, which is the mind of Christ Jesus. And he got that mind through obedience. <clears throat> you, 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 you get that through obedience. So that's the three ways that you overcome sin. Now, here's the thing. Let's go into a bonus round right now. If you want to stick around for a bonus round, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, ring the bell notification, and go ahead and just slap that like button right now like you are slapping the devil across the face. <laughs> slap that like button like it was the devil's face. But make sure you're subscribed to my channel so that you get all of the updates when I'm live. So here's the bonus round. Are you ready? If you're ready for the bonus round, drop a comment. Let me know you're ready. Okay, here's the bonus round. The bonus round on this teaching, how to overcome sin. There is a need sometimes for deliverance. In other words, demons are puppeteering you and you have an unnatural desire. Like it's natural for you to, you know, have sexual desires and things like that, but there's an unnatural desire. But I want to tell you, there is a level of that, that, that produces a need for deliverance. And it really opens the door to understanding like you need deliverance. And probably the hardest thing to understand for a lot of people is that deliverance and discipline go hand in hand because there's demons and then there's the cultures that they create in your mind and in your life. And so people don't understand because they get deliverance and they, and, and the demons gone, but the infrastructure, the strongholds that were built are still in their mind. That's why demons want to come back because they built that home. They built that house to live in and they want to come back and they want to live in that place because it's comfortable to them. The toxic negative thinking, the addictive thinking, even scientists can actually look at the physical structure of the brain and see addiction, which is why addiction is categorized as a disease in science. So some of you are like, I got, I got delivered, Pastor Mike. Why am I still addicted? Because you still have an addict's brain, even though there's no demons inhabiting it. You got to go deeper. Come on, y'all. You got to go deeper. This is the bonus round of this teaching. Number two, why do you still structure with, struggle with sin? I'm going to tell you straight up because you're coming up under the influence of things that cause you to sin. There's got to be a purging. There's got to be, you've got to eliminate it. One of the things I ask people to do all the time is if you buy drugs on a certain route, don't ever drive that route ever again and trigger yourself. If you um, cheat with somebody, block them. If you have an app on your phone, delete it. 
like remove the influence of that sin in your life. It's triggering you. Some of you can't handle social media. You can't handle a phone. You need to literally, uh, you need to get a Chromecast, get yourself an Apple TV and then sell your phone on eBay and get you one of those phones that doesn't have a screen on it. So you can make phone calls and text when you want to and remove the influence. And Jesus said that he's like, yo, if your hand causes you to sin, just cut it off. Cause you'd rather the rest of your body make it to heaven and you, and your hand ends up in the burn pile. And I'm telling you guys, nobody wants to hear this, but you don't know this stuff. That's why you're still struggling. And I'm just trying to help you because I was a pastor with addictions. I was a pastor with rampant sin and now I'm not. So the last thing I'll say in this little bonus round is you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Get back up. You have to, you have to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Get back up and see, here's the thing. Some of you have this idolatry that's connected to encouragement from other people. Listen, you want to be the, the main character. Let me teach you how to be a number one. Get used to being lonely. <laughs> Y'all, what do you think my life is like? I'm the lead pastor of a church with locations in Brooklyn, Long Island, Indiana. I'm, I'm spying out another location later today. Listen, y'all. You think my life, you think I got a lot of friends? I don't have a lot of friends. You think people understand me and understand my life? Fulfilling your destiny is one of the loneliest things you can do because once you get there, you'll realize that 99% of other people that settle for mediocrity all understand each other. They all have the same life that they hate. Then you get into the point where you fulfill your destiny. You're going to be lonely. So you got to get good at encouraging yourself. Ain't nobody going to be your friend. Ain't nobody going to call you when you need a phone call. Ain't nobody going to be there for you. And guess what? Some of these people that you idolize, the only time they're ever going to reach out to you is when you have something that they want. They're only going to ever ask you to, to be on their stage when your stage is as big or bigger than theirs. And then by having you on their stage, their stage grows. They're using you. So you better get used to encouraging yourself because you ain't going to have no friends. <laughs> so some of you are like, I keep going back into sin because nobody's there for me. Nobody understands y'all. You're if, if that's why you keep sinning, you're not ready for success either. <laughs> if you keep sinning, cause nobody understands you, you're not gonna, you're not ready for success. <laughs> I encourage myself y'all. I'm my own cheerleader. I high, you, there's handprints on my mirrors because I high five myself. <laughs> high five. I, I encourage myself in the Lord. I learned that from David. You think David's brothers understood him? Get out of here, y'all. There's brothers were all low count fools. They, they didn't have the courage to fight Goliath. Come on, you think, and then all the well-to-dos in the Israelite society, you think they understood David, because no, David came from nothing. Nobody understood David. He got, he, but he learned how to encourage himself before promotion, which is why it came. So if you keep sinning because nobody understands you and you need more encouragement, you're not ready for success. <laughs> Come on, y'all. It's me and the Holy Ghost. I got a private party happening everywhere I go. 
I don't need you to tell me I did a good job. I don't need you to clap when I preach. If I live for your praises, I would die by your criticisms, y'all. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay, that was the bonus round. How good was this? <laughs> this is what freedom feels like, y'all. That concludes the three ways. That concludes the three ways that you can overcome sin. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there and I will see you in the next podcast episode.